Good morning, Cibola Creek Community Church. I am so glad that you've chosen to join us here today. I'm really, really excited about today's service and what we have planned for you. Um, we have a very special service planned for today, and it may look a little different than it typically does, but I think you're gonna really, really enjoy it. Um, today at Cibola Creek Community Church is Serving Sunday. Now, for those of you who may be brand new to our church, those of you who may have never even ever been to our church, you have just started visiting us online, let me tell you a little bit about what Serving Sunday is. You know, here at Cibolo Creek Community Church, we believe that the greatest expression of Jesus in and through our lives is by serving others. And for now, 24 years, I've been saying the same thing over and over and over again. I believe it as much today as I did 24 years ago. And I keep reminding our folks that you are never more like Jesus than when you serve others. If we look at the life of Jesus and what he taught about loving others, the ultimate expression of loving others is portrayed in us serving them. We are invited as Christians to be servants to other people. Now, in our contemporary society, that word of serving or the idea of being a servant isn't very popular. But it was very popular to Jesus. He, over and over again, talked about the importance of serving others. And let me just define real quickly, what does it mean to be a servant to others or to serve people? It's simply this, it's helping people who need help in ways that are in fact helpful to them. That's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about serving others. So about 10 years ago, we decided that we needed another way to drive the value of serving deep down into the life of our congregation. And we came up with this idea called Serving Sunday, whereas 50 weeks out of the year, we gather in our auditorium. We worship God through music. We worship God through the teaching of his word. We worship God in prayer. We worship God in being together as a church family. But those aren't the only ways that we worship God. Serving others is another very powerful way that we worship God. So we decided, why not take one Sunday a year when our entire church family is mobilized to worship God through the expression of service. I mean, there's always serving going on at Cibolo Creek, serving our church family, serving people that live in our community, serving people in our homes and our families. We're, we're always serving. But on this particular Sunday, we would all gather together in our building for just a few minutes. We'd pray some last minute instructions. Then our entire church family would fan out all across our community to serve in dozens of teams to be of help to people who could use our help. And so here we were, we were all set for Serving Sunday 2020 when this thing called the Corona crisis happened and it changed everything. It changed all of our plans. It changed all of our preparations. And it certainly made getting teams of people to work closely together to be of help to other people a real challenge. And so, we had to make some big changes. And what we did is we simply reached out to the individuals and the organizations that we were planning on serving that day, today, and we asked them, in light of our current situation, how else could we be of help to you? 
And, and here's what was decided. A couple of decisions were made. Um, first of all, is that we decided that some of the projects that we were going to do would simply be postponed or delayed. We'll do them another day when the situation changes again. Um, the other thing that we decided is that we just found some different ways to serve those same individuals and in those same organizations that could work in light of our limitations. And then the really cool thing is that in response to the corona crisis, um, there were a few new ways of serving others that were identified. And so in light of the fact that today's service was the day we had designated for Serving Sunday, and we're supposed to be out in our community serving all kinds of people, um, we can't do it quite the same way. So what we decided to do today is share with you some of the inspiring stories of ways in which people at Cibolo Creek Community Church have been serving others throughout this very difficult time in our lives. Now, I want to remind you something. Uh, I want you to remember this is just some of what has been happening through just a few of the many people who've been helping others throughout our community. And this is just a couple of the expressions of a large variety of some of the big and the small acts of kindness. And so um, to host that part of today's service and sharing with you some of these inspiring stories, I wanna turn it over to my friend, Stuart Chapman, who's ready to take it from here. Stuart. Howdy, everybody. My name is Stuart Chapman, and I am thrilled to share with you some of the ways that you've been serving and caring for each other during this time of quarantine. As Paul just said, on Serving Sunday, we typically get our hands dirty helping our community. Even though we can't do that today, the spirit of Serving Sunday is alive and well. One of the organizations that you serve each year and often throughout the year is Hill Country Family Services. Check out how Hill Country Family Services is doing, how you've been helping, and how we can continue to partner with this great community organization. My name is Stacy Almaguer. I'm the CEO of Hill Country Family Services, and the agency has been part of the fabric of the community for 35 years. We started as a simple food pantry hosted by two wonderful individuals out of their garage and we have now um, moved into uh, an organization that's really the first call for many individuals uh, within the community who are looking for a resource for someone in need. That's great. I didn't know that. So that's fascinating information that it started out of, out of the garage. Um, so what is your, what is your current mission? Who are you trying to help? Really, we are a crisis organization. The individuals who come to us for help have been along through their life doing quite well. Everything's fine. They're raising their families and um, engaged in their community. And there's something that has caused them to stop and pause and wonder, what on earth am I going to do next? We step in with crisis navigation case management services. Earlier you were telling me about your connections with city government. In all of that process that you've, you've had for, for years, a number of years, um, how has this situation we find ourselves in today with COVID-19, how has that changed uh, what's happening at Hill Country Family Services? Well, number one, there aren't people in a crisis situation on a daily basis in ordinary society. But I have about five to seven brand new applications dropped through our door or sent to us online every single day. We want people to feel comfortable asking for help. This is not the time to feel ashamed or embarrassed about asking for help. So Stacey, I have just 
I have two more questions for you. So if somebody needs help and, and wants to um, contact you, what's the best way for them to reach out? The best way, um, go to our website, number one, it's um, www.hcfstx.org. That number one, hands down, that's the very best way to probably um, ease into asking for help. There is an application for services on the front page. That's great. And then on the other end of things, what is the best way or ways that we can help you in support of Hill Country Family Services? You can feed a family of four for an entire week for $15 but the average amount that we pay per pound of food is 15 cents. So we can provide diapers, toiletries, fresh fruits, vegetables, dairy, meat, canned good items, and bread for a family of four for an entire week for $15. That's incredible. So a simple donation. Um, also, every dollar that you donate can feed seven individuals. Um, you know, we, we need people to make phone calls for us. You know, there's some neutral ways where you can stay safe and still be um, in service. Stacy, I just want to say um, on behalf of our church family and our community, just thank you. Um, I know you're doing a lot and your organization is doing a lot. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you to all of your volunteers that I see there uh, all the time. Um, they always have a smile on their face. And I just, I think that's just incredible. You can tell they love what they do and they love caring for people. So huge thank you to all of you. Thank you. The one party thing I wanna share is that we've all walked challenges. We could sit around the table and talk about our, our battle scars. We've all had our life's challenges. Um, mine aren't worse than yours, but at the same time, everyone has their own. And we need to recognize, especially at this time, that if you have something to give, then give. And if you have something that you need, then ask. Because um, we're, all, we're all in this big, amazing world together, and we're so deeply honored to be here to serve. Mm, great word. Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate You're welcome. it. Thank you, Hill Country Thanks. Family Services, for the care that you provide to our community. Food scarcity is a real issue in our community, and it will remain for a while. Let's be a part of the solution, Cibolo Creek. Keep those food donations coming. There are others on the front lines that you've been helping, from donating blood to providing dinner for a fireman. For more ways to jump in and help, check out CibeloCreek.com on the community help page. All across our city, community, and nation, people have jumped in to provide much-needed protection for our healthcare workers, those at risk, as well as our, for our church family by sewing masks. From threads of love to teachers to many in our church family, sewing masks have been a great service to our community, and many of you have also donated much-needed materials, including fabric and elastic. So let's hear from a teacher at Bernie ISD and a family at Cibolo Creek about their journey of making math. My name is Kimberly Puckett and I am an English teacher at Bernie High School. So you're still teaching currently, correct? Yes, yes I am. And then you're helping two boys continue to learn. Yes. 
and then you have two college students continuing to learn in your household. Yes, yes that is <laughs> so that's a lot. Lots of learning, lots of teaching happening. <laughs> that's a lot going on in one household. <laughs> yes. In addition to all of that, that you're already doing, caring for your kids and making sure everybody's doing their thing and happy and probably fed and all those things, um, you chose to sew masks. So tell yes. me about why you started to do that and how you started to do that. So at first I started doing it for um, my mom and dad. They both have underlying health issues. So I searched YouTube um, and figured out how to make the masks, pulled out my sewing machine and just started making masks for my mom and dad. And then my sister is um, an AP, an assistant principal at a high school in San Antonio. And she's considered essential. She still has to go to campus. Mm. Um, she is in charge of or helps with the packet distribution at her campus. So she's in contact with other people. So I went ahead and made her some masks as well. And then um, I started posting. I just posted on Facebook or Instagram that I was making masks. And um, that's kind of how I started out. Um, we received a request from Santa Rosa, um, a person who has a connection with Santa Rosa Children's Hospital, and um, they are requiring that any parent that's waiting for a sick, sick child has to have a mask on. Just the thought of being a parent, having a child in a hospital and not being able to be with that child totally touched my heart. And I thought, okay, I, this is something I have to do. I have to be able to do this. I have to help these parents. So. The big challenge right now, if I'm right, Kimberly, is is supplies. Yes. Right? That's Elastic, the biggest challenge. Especially. Yeah. So while the uh, desire to make masks is there, sometimes there's just not the supplies. So um, Kim told me, I, I think you said you had enough for six masks. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So and then we were thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's just not enough. And no lie, that very same day, I had a conversation with someone from our church who said, you know, I know a couple people who used to sew who just can't anymore. So I'm going to see if I can find some of their stuff and brought this enormous bag of yes. material and a big bag of elastic. And it was just like, ah, there's the, the stuff. So, um, so I have a hundred, I was able to cut or get 300 pieces of elastic out of what was donated in that bag. So that was, so it really great. was a blessing. It was like, oh my God, answer, prayers are answered. <laughs> well, I'm uh, Ryan Ritchie. I'm the media director here at Cibola Creek. Uh, and this is my lovely wife, Kristen. So you guys have been um, kind of on the front line of making masks for our healthcare providers, for um, personal uh, use, for those that are compromised. How did that get started with your busy lives? Well, I follow a lot of pattern makers and sewing blogs and stuff like that. So pretty soon after um, the COVID-19 stuff started coming out, people started making masks actually pretty quickly. And so a lot of these pattern makers um, were designing different masks. And um, I didn't jump on the bandwagon first because I didn't want to get too I wanted to make sure there was a need and more. I wanted to make sure there was a local need. I didn't want to just send them off to, you know, wherever. So uh, Kristen, who are some of the folks that these masks are going to? The local one I've been working with and I, we, we've really focused on 
places that are desperate for them that aren't going to be first in line to get the new masks. So like rehab facilities or nursing homes. Um, and so those places uh, were the ones that we've focused on. You know, not only their medical staff needed to have masks, but now their administrative staff needed masks. Now their janitorial staff needed masks. And we found there was a lot of places that literally just did not have the budget to buy masks for those extra individuals. And so that's where we just kind of tried to step in and, and help out where we could. And That's great. I love that you're filling a local need and it's so specific. Yeah, I had reached out to you for some um, local folks in our church family who had a need. Um, and so I appreciate you immediately started making a bunch for that group. So it's, it's great that because you're doing this, someone reaches out and says, hey, I need help. I need this mask. I can't go anywhere. And that um, you're able to fill that, that need right away. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, well, it breaks my heart that, that somebody, you know, could be scared or, or could be just in a need and it's something that I can do. I, I feel like in general, we as a people see a need and we have the thought, I can do that, then I think that we should. We should do that. And so I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I, I can't do a ton, but I, I think I'm getting close to 200 masks so far. So we'll... Wow. Yeah. Well, you're making a difference. One more thing, if that wasn't even enough, um, I knowing you're like one of my few sewing friends I know. So when somebody said, um, hey, our ears are starting to break down back here from the elastic. Some of the medical folks were saying that. Someone sent me this picture of a way to pull that elastic back to protect them. I think it was a ribbon and buttons. And so we kind of went down that road of how do we make those and um, reached out to you. And then what happened? We had been texting back and forth about, um, you know, how we could do that. And I just happened to mention to Ryan that, um, uh, you know, that we were trying to figure out how to be able to make them quickly and and get them out there to them, you know, the next day so they could, you know, wouldn't have to suffer any more, any longer than they had to. So yeah. tell us about that, Ryan. Well, the the idea was, it's super simple. It's just two things that spread. Anyway, whatever, it's super simple. So I thought, well, we can print these faster than she could sew them. And so um, I went in there, designed one, threw it out there that, hey, will this work? And so, um, you know, we, we let them test them. We gave them a couple sizes and they tried them out. And in the meantime, um, my brilliant wife redesigned my design and uh, out-designed me, <laughs> the designer. And um, I love that. And uh, came up with something that printed so much faster that works, you know, so much simpler. And it's kind of a one size fits all thing. So, um, we were able to do I think, 50 or so um, and are waiting for, you know, people to say, hey, we need some more. So those um, ear protectors that you guys designed, uh, that Kristen designed and Ryan printed, um, they went to um, hospital staff at Methodist Maine here in San Antonio. Um, and just, they absolutely love them. Obviously, you guys are busy. You've got little kids all the way to teenagers and ryan's job as media director as y'all can imagine uh, has gone times 10 and the hours have gone crazy because everything we're doing is digital and ryan's hands have to be on it for the most part so you guys are incredibly busy why sew masks why make ear protectors um why do that because you got your, your lives are full well i've 
I personally have felt called to ministry for years. And so for a long time, I thought that ministry had to be within the church walls and kind of formal. But really, when it comes down to it, more than anything, is if we can just, just meet each other's basic needs and do what we can. I don't sew, although she's, she's taught me how yeah. to sew. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've sewn three masks, I think. Three masks, um, yeah. But I can I can 3D print something. So I have, I have a, a skill or ability that I can share and use for others and and so it's the same thing as you see a need and you can feel it and that's ministry great job to all who are continuing to sew and create ear protectors are they making a difference well let's find out from someone on the front lines a nurse in the er right here in san antonio um then most recently um some folks uh helped make um and i know others are doing the same but help make these ear protectors and why why was that needed so because we wear our masks all the time, we cannot take them off. We can't care for anybody without them. And we change masks, so we have different masks, but we have to wear masks 24 seven. Um, our ears are actually starting to break down. Um, yeah, so um, we weren't really noticing it until probably about two weeks in, but yeah, the masks pull down on your ears and they wear it just like if you wear anything over time. Um, so our ear protectors that someone graciously made for us, they are wonderful, um, protect our ears. I mean, it's the most simple things, but it's wonderful. Um, there's a lot of folks praying for healthcare workers in general um, and for your hospital. So for you specifically, for your colleagues, um, what are some of the ways that we, we can pray for you? What can we pray for you for? Um, I think specifically is just strength um you know we're just as i said before we're just tired um our protocols change every day we have a meeting in the morning and we have a meeting about noon or two um because they change that frequently wow um yeah so i mean it's just more of perseverance and strength getting us through and then just kind of keeping us all as a community, especially now because we're all kind of isolated from each other. Um, what, in your opinion, what's the best way that we can help you, that we can help medical professionals in general? I think the best way is uh, just to listen to all the warnings and to stay home. <laughs> um, I know it's hard, trust me, um, especially going to work and coming home. My biggest fear is bringing it home to my family, mm. not only to my husband, because he's also in the medical field, but especially to my mom, mm -hmm. who is, you know, can be compromised at times. So um, my biggest thing is just stay home as much as you can. Hey, great reminders, Megan, and thanks for all that you're doing on the front lines. Hey, let's continue Cibolo Creek to quarantine and obey all those stay-at-home orders. And let's also continue to pray for all our healthcare workers throughout the country. You guys have been leaning into serving and caring for those who are incredibly isolated during this quarantine. You've been writing about 200 notes of encouragement to our elderly in nursing homes and assisted living centers. You've even written letters to those incarcerated and you've provided some Easter fun to the kids at Meadowland and Bernie. Serving can be big and out in our community, Serving can also be close to our homes and in our neighborhoods. If you have not been able to donate or can't sew or haven't donated blood or written letters, it doesn't mean you aren't serving. If you are a parent caring for kiddos, if you are taking care of an essential worker in your home, 
If you have elderly parents you are caring for or making sure that they're cared for, if you are providing some joy to kids and teenagers, if you are a group leader continuing to check in with your group, you are serving. Hey, check out how Bob's simple act of kindness served his neighbor. The, uh, the other day I was out uh, mowing my grass and uh, it's one of, for some reason, it's one of the things I love to do. And as I was going across the front yard, I looked over at my neighbor's yard and um, typically I'll just go to the edge and, and stop there. And, but I just got this, I just felt the leading to continue on. Just, um, it just came upon me to, to just don't stop, just keep mowing. I think that's one, gonna be one of my favorite quotes from this time is just keep mowing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> serving Sunday 2020 is more different than we ever could have imagined, but the spirit of serving Sunday is alive and well. By the way that you guys are serving your community, caring for those who are isolated and loving your neighbors and families. We hope this journey today of how you've been serving and continue to serve has brought you some hope and some inspiration. Jesus tells us in Matthew 25, 40, anything you did for even the least of my people here, you also did for me. Hey, let's continue to live out the spirit of serving Sunday every day. Back to you, Paul. Oh man, I, I, seriously, I could watch and listen to that kind of stuff all day. I love stories like that. I, I, this may sound corny, but they just make my heart happy. Every time I hear stories of people helping other people in these kinds of ways, I just am filled with some sense of joy. And maybe there's a reason why we all feel that way when we see or hear inspiring stories of people helping others. Maybe because the very best that God has for us as human beings is actually found in helping others. It's so uplifting and it's so encouraging to see so many people serving in so many different ways. And those, again, are just a few of the stories of the many that we've heard over the last several weeks. Now, I only have a few more minutes with you here today and I, I just wanna share a couple of things with you. You know, these days of um, responding to the corona crisis, we, we hear a lot about the word humanitarian, uh, humanitarian help. And humanitarian help could probably very simply be defined this way. It's human-driven compassion to help those who are in need. And you know what? I'm a big fan of humanitarianism. I, I, I think it's a wonderful thing to see a world united together to respond out of compassion to help other people. But I also want to make sure that we as a church understand there's a difference between humanitarian response and a Christian response. You see, a Christian response is Christ-centered compassion to help those who are in need. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference in motivation. There's a big difference in the results. There's a big difference in the, um, the, the expression of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Humanitarianism is simply to try to help to be a Christian is to simply help people in the name of Jesus with the hopes that they'll come to trust him and the good God that he is. You know what, being a Christian is so much more than just being nice human beings. This is about becoming more like Jesus, more like Jesus in the way that we think and more like Jesus in um, the way that we feel as the life of Jesus is forged into more of who we are. 
there's a wonderful passage in the New Testament that I think is so absolutely critical to our understanding of the priority and the place of serving in our lives as Christians. It's in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi where he writes this. He's writing to the church and these are his specific instructions. He says, do nothing. Okay, get that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, I want you to value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but I want each of you to learn to look out for the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, Paul writes, I want you to have the mindset of Christ Jesus. I want you to think like Jesus thought. And here's how Jesus thought. Jesus, who being in very nature God, he was everything that God is. He did not consider his equality with God something to be used to his advantage, but rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. What's the Apostle Paul teaching us? He's teaching us that it was the nature of Jesus to be humble and to look out for the needs of others even above his own needs and to do whatever he could to help those who needed help. I mean, just think about uh, one of the most powerful illustrations or examples from the life of Jesus about serving others. We think about the time that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Here he was, a rabbi, sitting at a dinner table with his disciples, and he gets up from his place at the head of the table. He takes a towel and a basin of water, and he washes each of his disciples' feet. That was a task that was um, reserved for the lowest, most humble member of, the, of a family's serving staff. And Jesus does that. He takes that position. And then we read in the passage there in the Gospel of John that Jesus comes back to his place at the head of the table as the rabbi. And he asks his disciples, do you guys understand what I, what I just did for you? And he's saying, what I did for you is I was willing to humble myself to do the lowliest, most menial task in serving you. What I want all of us to understand is that developing a heart of compassion in serving others is a vital expression of our spiritual growth and progress. Learning to be a servant of others is a way that we become more like Jesus, is a way that we become a better reflection of Jesus in our life. Now, listen to me, friends. There's only one way to develop a heart to serve others. From best that I can tell, there's only one way to develop a heart to serve others. You can read all the books in the world about serving others and not serve others. You, you can listen to sermons all year long about serving others and not serve others. You can do Bible studies about serving others and not serve others. And the truth of the matter is, depending on your financial resources, you could even write checks and send lots of monies to help serve others and still not actually serve others. There's only one way to become a servant of others, and that is to serve others. 
It's only in serving others that you develop a heart and a mind for it. The only way to be a servant to others like Jesus was a servant to others is to serve others like Jesus. It's like wanting to be an athlete. You can read about being an athlete. You can study about what it takes to be an athlete. You can talk to all the people in the world about being an athlete. You can, you can listen to all the advice about being athletic. But until you start actually doing athletic activities, you're not going to be an athlete. So if we wanna become like Christ in our heart and our attitude for serving others, then we need to actually do the activities of serving other people in order to become a servant like Jesus invites us to be. You know, every time that you notice a need in somebody else's life and you do something to be of help to them, two really important things happen inside of you. When you recognize a need in somebody else's life, and then you step out and you take action to be of help to them, two really important things happen. First of all, a little bit of selfishness is chiseled away from its hold in our life. Folks, the truth of the matter is all of us can be really selfish. We tend to be most concerned about our own needs and our own interest. But every time that we step outside of our own needs and our own interest to help some other people, that selfishness, which can be so predominant in our life, it gets chiseled away from its hold in our life. But the second thing that happens when we reach out and we do something to be of help to other people is that a little bit of Christ-likeness is sculpted into the very fabric of who we are. Does that make sense? That little by little, the more we serve other people, the more we become like Jesus in the fabric of who we are. You know, over the past several weeks here at Sibylla Creek Community Church, we've been uh, studying the theme of following Jesus. And we've been asking the question, what does it mean to be followers of Jesus in the 21st century? And we've been kind of pulling that apart and examining it from a couple of different perspectives. In one of the series that we did this year, we talked about this idea of hearing the voice of Jesus in our life. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So we talked about how do we hear the voice of Jesus in our life? And then we talked about the idea of trusting Jesus, that if we hear his voice and we have confidence in who he is and how he treats us with love and compassion and only in the ways that are best for us, if we trust him, then our response is the third topic that we've been talking a lot about here lately is the idea of obedience. That when we've heard Jesus speak into our lives and we trust him, then we can step out in faith in the courage that he's going to provide all that we need to do what it is that he's asked us. And here's what I want us to understand. If we, um, if we learn to listen to the voice of Jesus in our life, it's completely possible that Jesus will direct us toward individuals and organizations that he would like to use us to help. And then if we trust that he's spoken into our lives and we can trust his intentions toward us and we can trust that he'll provide everything that we need in order to respond to what he said to us, then we can step out in courage to do exactly what Jesus has led us to do 
knowing that he's going to use us in a way that perhaps we could have never imagined. So I wanna give you three questions that I think are so absolutely critical to developing a heart and a mind like Jesus when it comes to serving others. And these are really, really practical. Like these ought to become the way that we live our lives. These ought to be questions that we ask ourselves often, maybe even daily. The three questions are this. Who do I know right now who has a need? Like, what is their name? Maybe it's one of your children. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's one of your neighbors, one of your friends or extended family. Maybe it's, it's somebody that um, lives in your neighborhood or in your community. And you've sensed that God might be leading you to be of help to them. Who is that? Who do you know that has a need? The second question is, what could I do to help them? I may not be able to do everything, but what is it that I could do? What resources do I have? What talents do I have? What availability do I have? What could I do to be of help to them? And then the third question's really the most important one. And that is, so what am I doing to help them? What am I doing to help them, not what am I thinking about doing or what am I talking about doing, not, a, what, not what am I hoping I'll do or wishing I would do. What am I doing to help them? Folks, I, I literally believe this down to the depths of my being. If, that, if, we could, if we could have an entire church family that was consistently and constantly asking just those three questions, It's just, um, it's incredible to think what God could do in and through our lives and certainly in and through our church. So who do I know that has a need? What could I do to help them? And what am I doing to be of help to them? So I, I share those three questions with you with the hope that you'll take them to heart and you'll really consider your personal response to each one of those. Hey, uh, before we conclude today, I, I want to I just share a story with you. Um, uh, Serving Sunday just sort of brings this to the forefront for me and for many other people throughout our church. Um, about five years ago, a gentleman and his wife started to attend our church here at Cibolo Creek. They had just moved to the area after retiring from very successful careers. And church had never really been an important priority in their life. It had been years since they had attended church. But they had decided that in their retirement, it might be a good time to, you know, check it all out. And they started to attend Cibolo Creek. And not long after they visited our church, um, I was sharing a message one Sunday morning on the topic of serving. And just like I almost always do when I talk about serving, I, I shared the quote that we are never more like Jesus than when we serve others. And this gentleman and his wife, they were struck by that statement. Uh, Particularly in his life, it struck a deep chord in him. And um, he really latched onto the opportunity to serve other people in his retirement. And I, you know, I'll just tell you, the past five years of his life have been an amazing transformation of priorities and values as he's become more and more involved in helping organizations and individuals who needed help. 
And he did it with such enthusiasm and with such a tremendous amount of energy and joy. It, it was like his whole life shifted in the direction of serving others. And those of us who knew him, we witnessed this huge shift in his life and we were inspired. We were inspired by how much his heart was wrapped up in the joy of serving others. Uh, he served in our children's ministry. He uh, went on a couple of different mission trips on behalf of our church to the country of Costa Rica. Uh, he became involved in the Hill Country Women's Shelter here in our area. He became an advocate or a mentor for children who were making their way through difficult situations in the court system. And um, he also became a member of the team here at our church that um, provides serving opportunities for our church family. And, and those are just a few of the ways that he served. And very sadly, uh, we lost him a few weeks ago in a, in a car accident. And his loss was felt in so many ways throughout our church and throughout our community. And if you had ever met Gary in the few weeks before we lost him, um, you would have thought that serving others in such a generous and enthusiastic way had always been a part of his life. That it was just such a part of who and how he was. But that hadn't always been the case. As he allowed Christ to be at work in his life, he changed and the entire trajectory of his life and its priorities shifted. And he became a servant to others because he believed in his heart that he would never be more like Jesus than when he was serving others. So I wanna leave you with this question today as we conclude our Serving Sunday service. And the question is this, in what ways are you becoming more like Jesus? in your compassion for others? And in what ways are you becoming more like Jesus in your courage to help people who need help? As you reflect on your life and how you spend your time, how you distribute your energy, how you share your talents, let me ask you the question, how are you becoming more like Jesus? Is there a heart of compassion that's growing inside of you where you're more concerned about the needs of others than you are for your own needs? And in faith, where are you stepping out with the courage that God will provide for you to help people maybe in situations that you might otherwise be intimidated by or afraid of? But in what ways are you becoming more like Jesus in your compassion for others and your courage to help people who need help. Folks, I am absolutely convinced if I could raise up a congregation of people who had the heart and the mind of Jesus when it came to serving others, we could make an enormous impact, not only in our homes, our places of work, but in our community, in our city, in our state, and even around the world. Thank you so much for joining us for Serving Sunday today. I hope that you enjoyed this experience as much as I have. Before we leave, let me, uh, let me lead you in a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads together. 
Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. And thank you that it was in his heart to help others. That he came to this world and he served other people in so many different ways. And he set this profound example for anyone who would choose to be one of his disciples that we should, like him, spend our lives serving and helping people who need help. And then, Father, we will be eternally grateful for the fact that he, he accomplished the ultimate act of serving when he gave his life as a payment for our sins and he died on the cross on our behalf. And then he offered us the gift of forgiveness and the salvation that we have through faith in him. And our lives have been changed because Jesus helped those who needed help, and that was us. So I ask, Father, that you would begin a transforming work in our minds and our hearts, that we'd begin to see our world like Jesus saw his world, that we begin to see our community like Jesus sees our community, that we'd begin to see our homes and our families like Jesus sees our homes and our families as these wonderful opportunities for us to become more like him, a better reflection of who he is in our life by being willing to eagerly and enthusiastically serve those that you direct us to help. Father, thank you for the many different ways that so many people are serving others here at Sibylla Creek Community Church and in our community. We ask for your blessing upon all of us who seek to serve as Jesus called us to. I pray and ask this in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Before you leave this morning, Cibolo Creek, we have a challenge for you. Serving Sunday is more than just a day that we celebrate annually. It is the spirit of caring for each other and caring for those in our community who need us. So we are asking you, Cibolo Creek, to help with the food deficit that's increasing in our community. And we're gonna make that really easy for you. If you are the grocery shopper in your family, if you have groceries shipped to you, if you have somebody who's getting groceries for you, we're just asking that you add a few non-perishable healthy items to your list and you can drop those off at the front door of the church. We will make sure that they get inside every evening and we will make sure that each week in the month of May, those items get delivered to Hill Country Family Services and Hill Country Daily Bread. You guys are doing a great job of loving your neighbor. Let's lean into this food need in a big way. I know that you guys are up for the challenge. And we want you to know that if you are a family caring for children and students, if you are an essential worker or you're caring for an essential worker in your house, if you're caring for parents or grandparents, if you're a single parent just trying to figure out how do I go to the grocery store without my kids, we want you to know that we see you and we applaud you and you are serving by caring for those folks. If you've been able to donate items or time or energy or resources, we also wanna say thank you. You are making a big impact by loving your neighbor. The best way for us to show the love of Christ is to be the church by meeting people's needs right where they are at. So folks, let's rise to this challenge and donate food items throughout the month of May. Have a great week, everyone.